Good morning and welcome to the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily number 40. It is Thursday, January 9th, 2020. I am your host, Scott Gombar, and what happens in Vegas is happening everywhere. This podcast is brought to you by Nuage Tech, a client-focused and security-minded IT consultant based in Central Connecticut. You can visit us at nuagetech.com. That's N-W-A-J-Tech.com. All right, first up, welcome to Thursday. Uh, throwback Thursday, right? So let's do a little ransomware attack throwback. Um, reported earlier t- yesterday, earlier in the day yesterday, city of Las Vegas wakes up to cyber attack. Uh, in the early, and this is on gramcluley.com. In the early hours of Tuesday morning, so I guess it was two days ago, city officials in Las Vegas were alerted that their computer network had suffered a security breach. Details are currently scarce, with the post from the city's official Twitter account merely confirming that an incident occurred and that it is being investigated. Inevitably, there will be concerns that Las Vegas may be the latest in a line of cities to suffer from a ransomware attack. One of the three popular vectors this year seems to me municipalities, schools, and healthcare. So um, no details as of yet. But um, when there's more details on that attack, we will definitely relay that to you. On threat post, Google ditches, this is actually pretty good news, Google ditches patch time bug disclosure in favor of 90-day policy. So essentially, the way Google used to do it was if there was a zero-day vulnerability, as soon as the company that was vulnerable patched it, they rele- they would notify the world that there was now... A, a vulnerability with a, a corresponding patch. They will no longer do that. So this, what the, what the reason that's bad is because it doesn't give those people using th- those products a chance to patch. Um, you know, patching needs to be tested in the environment and made sure that it doesn't break anything else. Um, so it doesn't give those companies an opportunity to patch. Now they will wait the full ninety days. They waited ninety days for vulnerabilities that didn't get patched now they will wait they will wait the full 90 days for all vulnerabilities um so that's good news they will they will no longer um put out zero day exploits before they um before 90 days even if they are patched uh on cyware 50 percent of websites using WebAssembly show malicious behavior a vast majority of code, code, code samples researchers analyzed were used for cryptocurrency mining and online gaming. Now, it was reported a week or two ago that cryptocurrency mining has actually gone down significantly. Um, but the researchers expect a trend of use of the use of WebAssembly code for malicious purposes in the future. Around half of the websites that use WebAssembly, a new web technology, use it for malicious purposes, according to academic research published last year meaning 2019. What is WebAssembly? WebAssembly is a collaborative effort between all major browser vendors created for both speed and performance. WebAssembly is a low-level bytecode language that promises near-native performance for web applications. It introduces a new binary file format for transmitting code from a web server to a browser, and WebAssembly provides languages such as C, C++, and Rust with compilation targets so they can run on the web. Um, The research and academic research project titled New Kid on the Web 
A study on the prevalence of WebAssembly in the wild looks at WebAssembly's use on the Alexa top 1 million popular sites on the internet in an attempt to gauge its popularity. For this, the research team loaded and measured WebAssembly used for each of the top 1 million websites for a period of four days. The team also noted that the time each site took to run the code. Excluding the unloaded and timed out web pages, researchers analyzed 947,704 sites. So they obviously spent quite a bit of time of which a total of 3,465,320 individual pages were considered in the study. The same WASM binary on different subpages belonging to the same site was counted only once. The study was carried out last year by four researchers from the Technical University in Braswig, Germany. The findings, to their surprise, the vast majority of code samples they analyzed were used for cryptocurrency mining, 32% of the samples, and online gaming, 29.3% of the samples. While the vast majority of the samples were used for legitimate purpose, two categories of WASM code were identified as malicious. The first category for cryptocurrency mining were often found on hacked sites, part of so-called cryptojacking, drive-by mining attacks. The second category had malicious code packed inside obfuscated WASM modules were found to be part of a malvertising campaigns. Um... WebAssembly code from both the categories accounted for 38.7% of the samples they found, but importantly, the modules were used on more than half of the websites that were analyzed. It is because the code is often reused across multiple domains, essentially as part of a large-scale hacking operation. So, <coughs> interesting that suggests that cryptojacking will return and... Um, become a significant problem again. On bleeping computer, attackers are, attackers are scanning for vulnerable Citrix servers. Secure them now. Um, we reported last week that their Citrix application delivery controller and SQL ADC have a few different versions of it uh, were vulnerable that have impacted at least 80,000 companies across 158 countries, um, which is 38% of all vulnerable organizations. The United States accounts for 38% of all vulnerable vulnerable organizations with the rest being in UK, Germany, Netherlands, and Australia. Um, there is no current exploit available that, that any that any security company is aware of. Uh, however, there is an increase in scanning for these networks. So that seems to, to suggest that at some point there will be something available to the bad guys out there. And, um, you can expect some attacks if you're not taking care of the security flaw. So the company did did publish a set of mitigation measures, but they have not released a patch as of yet. I believe I did report it was a third-party patch. I don't see it here, though. So um, definitely go to Citrix website, their support site, and find out what you need to do to protect your networks because they are at risk and people are the bad guys are looking for those networks um more bad news for tiktok tiktok flaws and this is on bleeping computer as well tiktok flaws allowed hackers to delete videos steal user info security researchers found several vulnerabilities within tiktok's infrastructure that made it possible for potential attackers to hijack accounts to manipulate users videos and steal their personal information this was done through sms on both android and ios um and I do believe that it was patched, but if you have not patched it, 
and you're going to want to do that. Um, yeah, TikTok's applications and its backend were vulnerable to attacks, as Checkpoint researchers state in a report shared with Bleeping Computer earlier this week. The security issues were disclosed to ByteDance during late November, w- with the company fixing the vulnerabilities within one month. So there you go. So if you're not using the most recent version of TikTok, you're going to want to take care of that because you are vulnerable. Um, and that's just one one issue that exists with TikTok. There are many. Uh, also, bleeping computer snake ransomware is the next threat targeting business networks. Since network administrators didn't already have enough on their plate, they now have to worry about a new ransomware called Snake that is targeting their networks and aiming to encrypt all of the devices connected to it. Enterprise targeting or big game hunting ransomware are used by threat actors that infiltrate a business network, gather administrator credentials, and then use post-exploitation tools to encrypt the files on all the computers on the network. The list of enterprise targeting ransomware is slowly growing and include Ryuk, um, BitPamer, Doppelpamer, Sodonokibi, Maze, Megacortex, Locker, Goga. Um, most of those we've talked about quite a bit lately and now we have snake ransomware uh what we know about snake ransomware snake ransomware was discovered by malware hunter team last week who shared it with vitaly cremez to reverse engineer and learn more about the infection based on the analysis performed by cremez the ransomware is written in golang and contains a much high level higher level of obfuscation than is commonly seen with these types of infections The ransomware contains a level of routine obfuscation not previously and typically seen coupled with the targeted approach. Kremez, head of Sentinel Labs, told Bleeping Computer in a conversation. When started, Snake will remove the computer's shadow volume copies and then kill numerous processes related to SCADA systems, virtual machines, industrial control systems, remote management tools, network management software, and more. It then proceeds to encrypt the files on the device while skipping any that are located in Windows system folders and various system files. The list of system folders that are skipped are listed on the bleeping computer site and they include Winder, system drive, recycle bin, program data, users slash all users, program files, local settings, boot, system volume information recovery, and app data. When encrypting a file, it will append a ransom five-character string to the file's extension. For example, a five file named one.doc will be encrypted and renamed to one.docqcwbv. So not it's not ransom, it's random. That's a typo on the site. Um, and so one more threat to look out for. There are more details in the article on bleeping computer. Finally, some good good news, I suppose, reported on ZDNet. Another CES 2020 update. Ford wants this two-legged robot to deliver packages to your door. The car maker is the first customer of robotic startup Agility, which produces humanoid bipeds that could replace delivery workers. So good news, bad news, depending on how you look at it. Ford has announced that is purchasing a new two-legged, two-armed robot produced by Agility Robotics which the car maker hopes will soon be walking around neighborhoods carrying parcels from delivery vehicle right up to your door. Going to going by the name of Digit, the five feet tall humanoid can navigate its way across urban settings, ranging from sidewalks to flower beds in a surprisingly human-like manner. Due to the mobile limbs attached to its upper torso, the uncanny valley effect is fortunately avoided thanks to the robot's lack of a head. The Digit was Digit has only 
just gone on sale. And the reason that Agility can boast for it as their very first buyer is that Robot provides a solution to the so-called last 50 feet problem in the home delivery industry 2.0. Those 50 feet are the final steps between the autonomous vehicle carrying a customer's order and a customer's doorstep. So that's uh, it's pretty interesting. There's a picture there. Um, Ford's interest in making driverless delivery vans and pickups is not new. The car maker has committed to providing autonomous vehicles for commercial operation by 2021 and has already teamed up with pizza maker Domino's in Miami to deploy self-driving fusion sedans and SUVs to deliver meals. Digit is designed to fold itself up in the back of the vehicle, pop out of the car trunk when needed, grab packages up to 40 pounds, and work its way to the correct door. But contrary to most delivery robots out there, such as those already deployed by Amazon or FedEx, Agility's humanoid walks on legs and not wheels. Um, so that probably makes it a little bit easier to navigate walkways and flower beds and so forth. That is going to do it for this episode of the Cybersecurity Daily. Until tomorrow, stay secure and enjoy your Thursday.